feels great. If you have your Bibles just for a few minutes this morning, we want to turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. We want to look in verse 14 through verses 18 this morning. I'll ask you if you will stand back to your feet as we reverence the reading of God's precious word. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 14. Now we exhort you brethren, excuse me, now we exhort you brethren, warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. What about that? Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you. I want to look at this 18th verse especially today and preach on turning thanksgiving into thanks living. In everything give thanks. Father, would you help us to preach the word and this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. In 1621, the pilgrims came across and to the land we know now as the United States and they set a day apart, a day of thanksgiving unto the Lord during all their hardships and trials and difficult circumstances. Probably many wanting to turn back, but they forged to go forward that there might be a place that they might have freedom to serve God. And then in 1789... George Washington declared that there ought to be a national day in which we as the people would give thanks unto God. And that would be on the fourth Thursday in the month of November. And then in 1863, our president Abraham Lincoln said that on the fourth Thursday in November, there should be a time of thanksgiving. And in 1939, F.D. Roosevelt pointed the same direction. And in 1941, it was signed into a law. May I say that Thanksgiving is more than a time of turkey, ham, mashed potatoes, and Lord knows how I love them, but it ought to be a greater day than just that, amen? It's more than a family gathering. It's more than a four-day vacation. It's more than a meal It's more than finalizing some specials on shopping. It's more than a football game, which makes me think about a young man who was very excited about having a Super Bowl ticket, but when he got there, he found out his ticket was on the very back row and he could barely see. And so he kept scoping down lower to see if there were any seats available, and he kept noticing on the second row there was a seat beside an elderly gentleman that was available And finally, mustering up his courage, he went down to where that man was sitting. And he said, sir, he said, is that seat beside you taken? And the man said, no. He said, how could somebody pass up a seat like this? He said, well, if you must know, that's my wife's seat. He said, we've been to every Super Bowl together since we got married over 40 years ago. And she's passed away. And the man said, well, why didn't you give it to one of your relatives, someone, a good friend of yours or something? 
He said, well, I couldn't. Uh, he said, why not? He said, they're all at the funeral. Thanksgiving's not just a holiday, but it ought to be lived every day in glory and in honor and in praise unto the Lord our God. I want to say three things about this, and I'm going to move very quickly. When I look at verse 18, the Bible says, in everything give thanks. So number one, I see the sweeping exhortation. He said in verse number 14, now we exhort you. In other words, this is a command. It's a definite instruction it is an imperative it is something that we're familiar with but something we don't often do we ought to be giving thanks amen what a privilege to give thanks to God for everything that we have and everything that he is and all that he's done for us may I say this morning there's a lot of people that won't give thanks because of pride but does and the Bible does not say to give thanks for most things or to give thanks when it's in our favor it says in everything give thanks good things and bad things we are to give thanks I begin to think about the scope of some things we could give thanks for I can give thanks this morning I might need an amen here for my savior John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Paul wrote in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. We could be thankful for our Savior. Can you be thankful for the scriptures that you have in your hands this morning? The Bible says in Jeremiah 15, 16, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. Thy word was unto me a joy and rejoicing in mine heart. One time I'd gone to preach revival. We crossed the railroad tracks five times as the road round around to get there. And I'd been preaching in revival there, and there was a little boy. He was very... Uh, dirty and, and, and unkempt. He'd been out playing all day long and he came to church that night and he sat on the front row and heard me preach and uh, people had been saved in the meeting. I went and sat back down and the, uh, the pastor was up talking when I sat down and the little boy, the preacher said, open your Bible to a text and I did and the little boy, he looked at my Bible and I kind of reached it over to him and, and my Bible, he, he began to rub the edges of the page and he began to look at it and he looked up at me and he said, I don't have a Bible. And God said, look at that boy who don't have a Bible, wanting one, desiring to have one, and you've got one and you don't very well read it. Just in a little bit, the preacher was still talking, and the little boy kind of moved the Bible over back to my lap, and the boy jumped off of that front row, and he came down to the altar, and the preacher must kind of notion for me to go pray with the boy and I said son are you saved he said that's just it mister he said not only do I have this I don't have the scriptures but I don't have a savior either and I said son you can have one and that day that little boy got gloriously born again and we gave him a Bible amen and I'm so thankful this morning for my savior and I'm sure thankful for the scriptures that tell me about my savior 
May I say I'm thankful this morning for salvation. If you notice, they all start with an S. I'm glad to be saved this morning, amen. My Bible says, notwithstanding this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. I'm glad this morning that I am saved, amen. I'm glad that I have a sovereign father. Jesus said, I send unto my God and your God. I send unto my Father and your Father. We have a Father in heaven. I'm thankful this morning for the Spirit of God. Know ye not for the, you are the temple that the Holy Ghost resides in. Your body is the temple that the Holy Ghost resides in. I'm glad for my spouse this morning. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing. I'm thankful for the supply, the provisions, the the food, the blessings God's given me. He says in 1 Timothy 4, 3, these things are be to receive with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. I'm thankful for he allowed us to be in the service of God Almighty, that God has counted me faithful by putting me in the ministry. I'm going to clear off a patch right here. I'm glad this morning for the support of friends God's put in my life. I'm glad this morning for good Christian brothers and sisters in Christ that can pray with me and pray for me. And if I get in a ditch, they'll get in it with me and help get me out, thank God. Turn over about two or three books to the left and turn with me to the book of Philippians. Turn with me to the book of Philippians. I want to look in chapter 1. Paul is in a jail cell. They've got a pastor by the name of Epaphroditus that has come to them, uh, come to him to visit him and to bring him gifts and to be a support system and to be good brothers and sisters in Christ. In Philippians chapter 1, he says in verse uh, number 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul is praising God for his brothers and sisters in Christ. Though he's in a jail cell, he's thankful for the goodness of God. May I say this while we're close. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. The Bible says in verse number 7, Paul writing says, "And last, I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. May I say Paul was thankful for the messenger of Satan. Paul was thankful for a thorn in the flesh. Paul was thankful for the sufferings and the sorrows that he had to experience. Because he knows that the Bible says all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And Paul was thankful in the good and thankful 
in the bad. Number two, there's a supporting explanation when I look in this text in 1 Thessalonians. Look at it again. A supporting explanation. He says, in everything give thanks. There's a colon there. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know what the will of God is for your life? That you will give glory to God and thanks to God in everything. That's the will of God for your life. You're, you're supposed to take thanksgiving. It's more than just one day. And you're to give thanks every day, each and every day. Thanksgiving should become thanks living. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You ought to be thankful for his blessings. You ought to be thankful for the troubles and the trials of this life as well. One time I was standing right here and the Lord spoke to me and said, Son, you can never feel good about grace until you first felt bad about sin. And a lot of us are not thankful for the grace of God because we've never felt bad about our sin. We've got to get to the point that we repent of our sin and call upon the Lord and experience the good grace of Almighty God. It's a supporting explanation. Number three, there's a searching examination. He says this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you individually. Now every one of us, hear me well, Every one of us today struggle with the burdens and the troubles and the trials of life. Listen to this. We better read it. It's in Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. And we're talking about in years gone by, in times past. I want you to read how the world once stood before God in Romans chapter number 1. I want to look at verse 21. Speaking of past times. Because that... When they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were, what's the word? Thankful. In past times, the world in which we now know and a world that's now passed on and gone, they were not thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Why do you think their hearts were darkened? Because they became unthankful. Now, the Lord pointed out to Paul that in the last days, perilous times would come. Let's read about that, about the last days. What will be the sign of the last days? It'll be much like it was before. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, This know also, then the last days, Perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. You see that? Unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. The Lord says, from such, turn away. So in past times, the world that's now passed on before us, they were unthankful. And in future times, you're going to see 
the last days will be perilous times when men are unfaithful. It is a mark of the last days. We're living in them. It's all around us right now. I think about the book of Luke chapter 17. The Lord came. There were 10 men that were lepers. The Bible said he cleansed all of them. Said go show yourself to the priest. All of them left. One of them came back and he bowed down to give thanks to God. Only one out of 10 returned to be thankful. And he was a Samaritan. He wasn't even a Jew. All the rest of the Jews went to the temple. All the rest of the Jews went to the priest. But the Samaritan on his journey stopped and thought, Lord have mercy, I don't have a priest. I don't get to go to the temple. I can't go in the tabernacle. I'm unfit. I'm unworthy. I'm a Samaritan. I know what I'll do. I think I'll just go back to Jesus. And I think I'll just give him thanks for making me whole. Honey, may I say this morning, we need to take time to be thankful for what God has done in our lives. The average world in which we live in, only one out of ten thankful for what God has truly done. That began to burden my heart. You know why men are unthankful? It's because we live in a world of entitlement. Everybody thinks they're entitled to all these things. And they're not thankful for them because they're, they think they're entitled for them. And here's the problem. They do not believe three things. They do not believe that God is the giver of all. The Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 17, verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father. If you have a blessing, it came from God. Number two, we believe, they don't, the world don't believe it, that God works all things for good. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, who are the called according to his purpose. I was trying to describe this the other day to the children over at school, that uh, you, if you're going to make biscuits, you've got to have flour. You've got to have some of y'all like lard. Some of y'all like buttermilk to go in your biscuits. Some of y'all are getting hungry right now. I seen you look at your spouse and we got to get out of here. I'm, he's, 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 he's preaching my number right now, okay? And, and I don't like, if you gave me a plate full of flour, I would push it back. I don't like it. If you gave me a plate full of lard, ugh, I'm not going to eat that. If you gave me a cup full of buttermilk, ugh, I don't like buttermilk. I'm not frowning on those of you that do. Just think about it. It tastes like clabbered milk. It tastes like it's went out of date two or three weeks, amen. And some nasty stuff. Preacher Darren, how do you know I've done that at my house, amen, by accident a time or two. But you take those things that are not good individually and you put them all together, amen, and you knead them out and put them in the oven. In about 20 minutes, you're going to have some good old biscuits, amen, and I'll join you in on that, amen. And the Bible tells us that all things work together for good. But modern day men, they don't believe God's the giver of all and they don't think God allows everything to work out for good. And they don't believe this either. They don't believe they're debtors to God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, What hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory if thou hadst not received it? What does that mean? It means that God has given to you and you act like you're entitled to it and if you don't have it, you got the pooch lip because you think you deserve it. You think that God has held back on you. Honey, God's been good to you. 
His hand has been upon you. He has blessed you beyond measure this morning. Amen. Uh, there was a, I was reading a newspaper editorial, and uh, in the editorial there was a, a little write-up about a, a teacher who had said that she had sent all of her students home on Tuesday uh, to, with an assignment to come back and draw something related to Thanksgiving. She knew that when they came back, many of them would draw a turkey or they would draw a table with a turkey on it or they would draw a picture of their family or a picture of a car, a picture of a house or a picture of their pet spot, Fido, whatever their dog's name is. She knew that's what they'd do. When she looked, one little boy, his name was Douglas, uh, Douglas had poorly traced a hand and turned it in. And everybody explained what their pictures were. And then Douglas said, are you going to talk about mine? And she said, well, it's a hand. Maybe, it's, maybe you were trying to turn this into a turkey. Maybe you were going to turn it into a hat or something. And he said, no. And somebody said, oh, it's a hand. It's the hand of God. It's the hand of God. Thank God for his blessings on our life. He said, that's, that's good, but that was not my intention. And the teacher said, well, don't worry about it, honey. It's pretty. She, he said, Mrs. Thompson, it's your hand. I'm thankful for your hand. Your hand teaches me. Your hand loves me. Your hands pray for me. Your hands encourage me. I don't have a mama. My mama died, but Mrs. Thompson, I'm sure thankful for your hands. Lord God, youngins, whose hands are you thankful for? Are you thankful for your mama's hands? Are you thankful for your daddy's hands? Sometimes I didn't want to be too thankful for my daddy's hands. But in the long run, it all worked out for the good. I'm thankful for the good hand of my God that's been upon us. I thank you for his blessings. Amen. In conclusion, let me tell you the story about a man who was born into a one-room log cabin to a very poor family. When he was seven years old, he was forced to leave his home because the family got kicked out. They were so poor. And at seven years of age, this little boy had to go to work to try to help his family. When he was nine years old, his mama died. He had to work, and at 23 years of age, he lost his job as a store clerk. He was a very bright, intelligent young man, and he wanted to go to law school, but he didn't have the education and the prerequisites just to get him in. When he was 23, as he lost his job, he went in debt to become a partner at a small store. Two years later, his business partner died, and the resulting debt took years for him to repay. When he was 28 years old, or 26 years old, his love interest died of a fever. When he was 28 years old, He'd courted another young girl for a year. He asked her to marry him. She said no. He decided, well, I'm going to run for Congress with all these problems in my life. Of course, he was unsuccessful in his first two attempts. But in his third attempt at the age of 37, he was elected to Congress. And when he ran again, he failed to be reelected. When he was 41, his son Edward died at four years of age. When he was 45, he ran for the U.S. Senate, but he lost. When he was 47, he ran for the vice president, but, but he lost. At the age of 51, he was elected president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. What hardship. And within a year, the Civil War began, 
And two years later, during the war, his son, 11 years old Willie, died. And here's a man who learned to face discouragement. And he learned to face a lot of critics. And in 1863, during the middle of the Civil War, I want you to hear what he wrote before our entire nation and what he reported in 18, October the 3rd, 1863. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving to the Almighty. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him, they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, implore the almighty hand to heal the wounds of our nation and to restore us. Here's a man who learned how important it was to stop and thank God in the middle of difficulties. Whether you like President Lincoln or not, I really don't care whether he's Republican or Democrat, and I don't care what you are. But I would appreciate any man who would stand up in the middle of such difficulty and implore the almighty hand of God to restore and bring healing upon our land. It is the leadership that we need now from men and women in the Congress and in the Senate and in the White House and on the Supreme Court and in our pulpits. We need men and women in our houses, in our homes, on our jobs to ask God to help us once again because without his help, it will never be peaceful. It will never get better without the help of the Almighty. In Psalm 100 verse 4, the Bible says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. 1865, the war ended when President Lincoln was 56 years old. And just a few short days later, he was shot in the head and he died and he went out and make, met his maker. And you know what? I don't think for a second he was sorry that he sought the hand of God upon our nation. Healing came and today we're in a divided country. It may not be north against the south, but we're in a divided land. I have never seen the division that faces our nation like we face it today. And I'm going to ask you, would you take the time to give glory and honor and thanks to God and say, Lord, I want to thank you for your hand being on me. I want to thank you for the hands that was nailed to the cross. I want to thank you for the hands that stood and said, peace be still. I want to thank you for the hand that's guided me and saved me and directed me. And I want to thank you for a mama and a daddy that you put in my life and for some friends that you put in my life. Their hands have been a blessing in my life. And I want to take time this morning to bow my knee to Almighty God before Thanksgiving ever gets here and say, Lord, I want to pray every day. I want to give you thanks. I want to give you praise every day. You've been good in my life. Would you stand with me?
Would you bow with me for a time of prayer for our families, for our churches, for our nation. We need your prayers this morning. Would you come? Would you turn thanksgiving into thanks living today? Our fathers, we bow in your presence. Lord, will you hear me when I say, I love you. I thank you for sending your son and paying the ultimate sacrifice that he might be offered in my place, my substitute, my sacrifice, that my sins might be washed away, that my sins might be forgiven. And I thank you this morning, Lord, from the depths of my soul, Praise be unto God for my magnificent Savior and for the love of God. I praise you for the marvelous love of God this morning. Father, I thank you for the blessings you've put in our path, for roof over our head, shoes on our feet. God, I thank you for health. But Lord, I really want to thank you for my family. Thank you, Father, for my children my wife, my grandchild, I give you glory and praise. And Lord, I pray, God, for this church, Lord, how you've worked in it, how you brought her through times of storm, episodes of disease and plague and pestilence, and yet, God, the people of God have continued to come and attend and give and pray and support and God, today, I thank you for your blessings on their life. And when I remember and think about them, God, I cease not to pray for Bethel and for the people that attend this church. God, may you bless them in their jobs. May you bless them in their homes. May you bless them in their walk with you, God. May you touch them. And may you help us, Lord, that one day we all gather complete on the street of glory that we may bow before your throne and give you praise and honor and glory and thanks for it all. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Would you heal our land? Would you touch our nation? Would you restore righteousness, God, I pray. Help us, God, I pray, in our country. Lord, to look to you and forgive us, Father, for how we failed you, how we've been disobedient and turned against you, God. Please restore us, Lord, I pray, in Jesus' precious name. Amen.